It's the My Michelle Live podcast. My Michelle Live entertainment review. Roll out the red carpet. Here's Michelle. Who knew it would be such a hit? Chosen is in season three. And Lorna Sylvie is with me today as we talk about season three maybe get some inside looks into behind the scenes of this amazing hit Loda welcome hi Michelle thank you so much for having me you have you play the role of Eden which is Simon Peter's wife fabulous storyline because when you read the bible you look through whether you're reading it for faith or you're reading it for history. There's a lot of things that happen in a day in a person's daily life that we just don't touch on. And the fact that Simon Peter married, has a wife, a family, a life, we see his interactions with Jesus. We see him as a fisherman, but we don't think about what's going on behind the scenes. So that's a really fascinating part of Chosen. Absolutely. I think that's what we love so much about it and why the audience, I think, has truly fallen in love with the characters, the story. Right. It's bringing what we what we know in the Bible to life and then some, because there's so much that is left out in the Bible, I feel that may have happened. For instance, we do know that Simon Peter had a wife and that Jesus healed his mother-in-law, but that's all we really know about his wife, really. So that's been such a gift that the creatives and the writers in Dallas, they've been able to come in and tell these stories and not just stay true to scripture, but really unfold like some really hard things that people really go through all throughout history and then today, even in today's world as well. So it makes it relatable. Oh, okay, it's not just this ascended figure with a halo over their head, but they're real people. Exactly. We're with real human emotions and experiences and so many things that we can relate to and look to see they've struggled with this and God still was faithful and came through for them. So he will for me as well. And that's what we're seeing unfold before our eyes with the chosen. So it's been amazing. All right. So it's that humanization and also maybe that relatability somewhere in every episode, there's somebody that reminds me of me, if that makes sense, or somebody that I can relate to their story Maybe that's another reason why Chosen has just been such a crazy, awesome success. Absolutely. It has really humanized every everyone, all of us. And I think even when I watch it, I see I can see my struggles or, or something that I relate to with one of the other characters, not just with Eden and Simon, with Mary Magdalene's story. And as we have some new characters come in too, so much relatability and heart and that's that's everything i think as storytellers that's a gift and so i think that's what the audience is really in towards loda it's amazing to me the writers you have to be at awe at them because they do stay incredibly true to scripture yet there's some creative license there's stories we wouldn't know who or anything about Simon Peter's wife at all. So having to create that, but yet stay true to scripture. And then you get the joy of bringing this woman, this historical character to life. 
and I guess maybe when you got the role, you must have been excited, but there must have been some, all right, who is this woman? And what kind of woman is the wife of someone who decides, hey, I love you, hon, but I'm going to go follow this dude. (laughs) Absolutely. When I read the script and for it originally, I was like, oh my goodness, who knew that so much rich, beautiful writing could come from just a little piece of information that we do have. And then, yeah, the brilliance of making this character come to life. And then I was just so nervous because I was thinking like, what am I, how am I going to, what am I going to do? And I honestly just had to fall back on what this is, what I feel like what God's given me the gift of storytelling. And the best thing that I can do is stay true to me and find the truth and what makes Lada so that I can bring again that human heart to Eden and making her come to life and relatable by just staying true to myself my truth for you because (laughs) most interesting characters are the ones that have heart they're not the perfect characters and I'm the person that has faith all the time and that's it's nice for a moment but it's not relatable to the real world it's the people with the struggles and the failings and I'm gonna pull myself up by the bootstraps or I guess in this case sandal straps and and find that faith within me and all of that I think that's it's spectacular but I want to hear a little bit about you you and your journey in acting and how you started and where this passion came from why chosen give us some background let's meet Lada right yeah so in a long story short I didn't really know that acting could be something that I could truly pursue until I was really at a low point in my life I was in like my early 20s to mid 20s and I I had stopped going to college I made the abrupt decision to leave because I felt so misplaced I felt so lost. I didn't know what I really wanted to do and felt like I was wasting my time and money. And I then felt like a quitter for leaving college and was just doing anything I could to make ends meet and bartending. And I just was like, what am I doing with my life? And what is my purpose? And what am I good at? I have no idea. And then one of my friends asked me like, what were you doing last when you felt truly happy? Because you're just not, that's not it. You're not happy. And I had to just think back and it was elementary school and putting on like plays and shows and performances. And I never thought that was something that I could really pursue. And so when I Googled literally acting classes near me and I showed up and I just, I felt like everything in me was on fire. And I felt like there was this crazy connection of, whoa, I found, I think I found it. And it was around the same time as well that I started going to church and found my own relationship with Jesus and my faith. Cause I didn't always grow up with it. Like we believed, but I didn't have a, my, a Bible. I didn't have my own like relationship and faith. And so when I realized, oh my goodness, like I, this is what I want to do. And I feel like God is really speaking to me. And it was around the same time that all clicked, like my faith and what God was telling me that he was going to be able to do if I just surrendered. And when I did, everything was lining up. And of course it hasn't been easy and there's just been doors that were closed and struggles and, but I just kept pursuing. I knew that I didn't want a plan B because it was just so clear that God was going to be there. Right. And, and it doesn't and mean then you to, stop bartending. It doesn't exactly. mean you start. No, yeah, that's but what, I found purpose. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I was Pursuing. still having 
Yeah, pursuing the dream. And it's, yes, I'm still working in the jobs that I know that are going to help provide, but I know that I had God and I knew that I was pursuing something that I was passionate about. And so that made life just worth everything. And so I kept at it. And then to for God to bring me full circle on a faith-based show that's now changing lives and reaching millions of people across the world and saving lives, it's it's crazy. Oh, come it's on, my mind has got to be blown. Yeah. And, yeah. and what's really cool about your story is how God brought it all together. That's cool. But what's also really cool is all the doors that were slammed in your face. Let's be honest. People may not realize how brutal the acting world is. You're too fat. You're too thin. You're too tall. You're too old. You're too young. Your nose is yeah. too cute. I don't know. No, you're absolutely right. It's, it's all and more. Yes. So where do you dig deep? Where does a person dig deep to, to get through that? Because it, while that's an acting world thing and it's rejection personified because it's personal and deals with the, I have a dream. I have a voice that I want to get out. I have a purpose. I think this is what I want to do. And then you meet with those closed doors. How did you ride that storm? A lot of prayers and honestly, people that God put into my life to just help me realize and be in love with who I am and know that I am worthy and I am just enough there you because go. for a long time, it, it, this industry and real life in general in any industry it, it can make you feel like this imposter syndrome of I'm, I shouldn't be deserving of this because I'm not good enough or I I'm struggling. And so to know that where you are in the moment is enough and what will be honestly. And like, I know that's such a simple cliche mindset to try to think what's meant to be mine will be God will make a way and what's not meant to be, it's okay. So like that spiritual maturity and just resting in that and knowing that you're enough exactly where you are. So the experiences that you've already had, you can bring that into storytelling and that that will, that will be enough. And if they love it, great. If they don't, you're not there to please everyone else. You're here to just serve a purpose and just be who you are authentically. And that's what people will relate to. And not everyone's going to love you. And that's, I'm still struggling with that as well. <laughs> but someone needed to hear that today. Someone needed yeah. to hear that today as they're watching, because we, we look at people that we see on screen and then we see that there's a person behind that and there's the real struggles and there's the real life. So uh, amazing and inspirational now. Okay. This is a question I love asking people on sets, especially if it's a faith-based production, because there is just something crazy that happens on every set. And if you sat in my seat and you got to ask these questions of beautiful people like you, you get amazed that on a faith-based set, there are literally miraculous, cool stories that happen behind the scene that you just go, whoa, that you cannot write into the production. You can't write into the script. What are some of the stories that you share with your family? Guess what happened on set today? Oh my gosh. I think we have so many that happened on The Chosen, even throughout the season one and two. I can't remember exactly when it was, but I think on The Chosen app, you can actually see some of these incredible stories and miracles that have happened on our set where 
for instance, it was completely fogged, foggy, and there was no light coming through, which is terrible for filming because you can't see anything. And we had a 10 hour day that we needed to all of this, these scenes by and with prayer, everybody just came together and I'm, and then when the fog lifted, they were able to film everything that they had to get in those 10 hours. And I think they did it in, I don't even know, like three or four hours. So it was one of those like God miraculous things where other filmmakers and other creatives are just like, that would have never been able to be done <laughs> in that amount of time in with the short time that we had the light. Wow. So just little things like that. And then me personally, just with the emotion, the high stakes and the emotional turmoil that Eden goes through in her storyline and and it was so difficult and I did not know how I was going to get through it or how I felt so unqualified to be telling the specific storyline that happens. I don't know if we're able to share spoiler alerts or anything, but yeah, it was really difficult, especially having to tell these stories that only women uniquely go through. So it was, I was so terrified, but again, I had to really think about, okay, this is not about me. This is a, it's a, bigger what's the bigger picture is telling the story and giving it justice and just praying that whatever God provides for me spiritually will be enough to get it in get it done and hopefully that people will relate to it and love it and that it really stirs up some questions about ourselves and our faith and just yeah other people it's been (laughs) life-changing can you give us a little insight into season three yes absolutely so our Season three has been one of the, I think one of the hardest as far as just what the disciples are struggling with and their, with their faith as well. Like I think Eden, she's struggling with, with really understanding why is this happening to me and why is there healing and miracles happening for others while I'm suffering in silence? Like where is God in all of this? I was a believer from the, from day one. And meanwhile, there's people that have been there. Wait, I've been there. (laughs) We all have, you know, where we're really left wondering where is God in all of this? But so even though Eden was full of faith and God, and I think it was only normal for her to think, why is this happening to me? I'm doing everything right. But I think I read somewhere that like miracles are not a report card of our faith and miracles don't define God's character. So what may happen for one, our job is to really truly find peace and happiness and being praising God and being happy for that person that received their miracle while we're still struggling and waiting for our breakthrough or our miracle. That's where Eden is really trying to find in all of that. I am so struggling talking to you. <laughs> Everything that we're talking about is so relatable to people. It's yeah. Okay. Yeah. Church on Sunday. And then you had Lada on the entertainment review. This is, it is inspirational because that's for all of us, we all have struggles. And this is a tough time in world history for a lot of people. While if we're looking at other people's miracles and going, oh, wow, why isn't it me? We're missing the everyday amazing, even tiny miracles that we should be really grateful for. And I actually see that in the character that you play. You have that ability to see the everyday beauty of miracles. Yes, absolutely. And yeah, I think grateful people are happier people. So even though we're struggling and learning in our in in the struggle, I think that still being grateful for what is going on and what you do have will get you just really leaning on God, honestly, is what I'm 
learning a lot through everything. And yeah, I think I have season three is just so consequential. It's so emotional. I think it's going to be amazing for our viewers to see as well. And the finale is now in theaters, which is mind blowing to see where we've come from to where we are now. And yeah, I just can't wait for our fans to see it for people to see it and yeah I'm so grateful that you came on today it's so much fun talking with you you're a beautiful person I love your character and all the Lorda that you bring into Eden just on behalf of all the people who watch thank you thank you for being a part of it and thank you for joining us today I so appreciate you appreciate you thank you for having me it's the my Michelle live podcast I'm going to ask you a question as I introduce you to a kind of behind the scenes to a new film, I hope you've heard of. You may not have, but you will after today. 5,000 Blankets. But here's the question. What if someone made a movie about your life? How would that feel? Oh, I'm dying to ask that question of our guest, Cindy Bunch. She's the woman, her and her son are behind the story of 5,000 Blankets. Cindy, delighted to have you. Thank you for making time for me today. Thank you. God bless you. I'm delighted to be here for real. Now, as if you are watching, you're going to be seeing the trailer in the background. Cindy, first question right off the bat. Now, we'll talk a little bit about what 5,000 Blankets is about, but someone making a movie about your life, what is that like? It's, it's a story that needed to be told. It was a hard story to tell, but it was one that somebody had to tell. And I guess I, I got chosen. You got chosen. <laughs> by, by the good Lord. And it's a beautiful film. It, and it, there's no fluff. It's, it's very real to the story. It's just all around an amazing film. I'm extremely proud of all of the cast and the director and the producer and Pure Flix and Sony Affirm. They did an amazing job, an amazing job. So I'm very extremely proud of them. And the film to me is just, is to me, it's it humbles me even more, if that makes any kind of sense. Yeah, I think it does. It, this, if you are watching, and you can always watch at My Michelle Live, Anna Camp is side by side. This is the actress that played you in this film. And Cindy, this film is a, a true-to-life story. Yes. And as you said, it was a hard one to tell. But like many of us, we've lived through some hard times. We've lived through heartbreaking times. And you mentioned the good Lord allowed you to tell this story, but it was really the good Lord that saw you through this crazy time. Yes. And he is able to take heartache and turn it to triumph. He's able to take tragedy. He gives us, the Bible says, beauty for ashes, the oil of joy yes. for mourning, a garment of praise for exactly. a spirit of heaviness that we could be mm -hmm. trees of righteousness and that he might be glorified. I want to talk about this story, how the tragedy that did end up in a movie that brings hope to others. Okay. Uh, where would you like me to start at the beginning? Let's start at the beginning. What is this film in particular about? It's about just an American family 
living a normal life. And my husband always suffered from a mental illness and he was always on meds and he just got off his meds and he spiraled down. If when someone that's been really ill gets off their meds, that I call it spiraling down. And it went into full-blown paranoid schizophrenia. And he was a very intelligent construction engineer. And um, he just started disappearing and not coming home. And we lost everything. Our car, our house, everything, and him. Because we couldn't find him. Philip and I started just... And your son was about six at this time? Five and a half, almost six. Okay. It's almost his birthday. He's born on Christmas Eve. And I would take him, Philip and I would go looking for my husband. And we'd go to where, around to where he was working. It's, uh, he was a construction engineer, extremely intelligent. And unbeknownst to us, two blocks over was the homeless district. So <laughs> Philip and I started looking there. And my child was introduced to a totally different world myself as well because people tend to stay away from those areas but a child seeing something like that is totally different and he the compassion that he had was just like unreal to me it was like wow so one night after a long day as as being out there looking for his daddy he asked me three questions the first question was, Mommy, are you warm? And I didn't think much about it. I just said, yeah, baby, I'm warm. And then he said, well, you think my daddy's warm? And you know how we want to protect our children and make them and comfort them? I said, yeah, I believe daddy's warm. And then he asked me that third question. He said, well, Mommy, what about those, all those people, all those people's in the tents and around those barrels? And barrels to him are actually... He called them barrels, but they're actually fire pits for people to warm their hands and stuff. And I basically told him the truth. No, baby, they're not warm. They're not warm. He goes, we need to get blankets, lots and lots of blankets so we can warm them all up. And I didn't, I'm like, oh, that's so sweet. You know how you think that in your back of your head. But then it just didn't stop. I mean, the next day, mommy, are you going to go buy those blankets? And we didn't have a penny and trying to get by and searching for Philip and trying to get answers to everything. And just, I was a mess, very depressed at the time. And uh, this child just kept on yeah, coming home from school. Mom, where's my blankets? You didn't buy blankets. So he brought me his piggy bank and there was $7.20 in his piggy bank. And he says, Mommy, you got to buy me blankets today. Promise. And he made me promises. It was like God was Speaking through my child to me. It was like a whisper. It wasn't like a sound I heard. It was just like a whisper in my heart. So I thought, I've got to do something. I have no money. How am I going to do this? So I just wrote a three-page letter, the story of our life, telling the whole story and how I needed to collect 5,000 blankets for my son. And I'm an extremely shy person, but I made five, I can't believe it. I think it was 500 to 1,000 copies of this letter. And I just stood on the streets of downtown Fort Worth and 
and say, take this. And people would put it in their pockets and throw it in their purse and look at me like, okay, this lady's crazy. Because I didn't engage or talk about it. And then I got a phone call from a reporter out of Dallas-Fort Worth, big reporter. And he said, I would love to have you and Philip on our show. And I asked him automatically, is it live? Because I'm not that girl. I'm not that person. And here she is today. (laughs) And he says, yes, it's live. And I thought, okay, I've got to do this for my son. I'm going to get those 5,000 blankets for him. Oh, I'm going to get those blankets. I'll get to the story. More to the into the story. So we did the segment, and Philip just took over. He asked me a few questions, and then Philip just took over the whole interview. And he's so sweet and just precious, and just precious. And the, and that gentleman asked him, I'm not going to name the reporter, asked him. So how many blankets do you think you need, Philip? To we want to help you achieve your goal. He says five thousand, at least five thousand. And yeah, and so the next day I got a call. It's crazy. The very next day I got a call from a gentleman named Larry Postel. And he says, My name is Larry Postel. I'm a screenwriter out of Dallas, Fort Worth. I would like to write your story and see if I can't get it into the hands of a producer. And I'm thinking to myself, What's a screenwriter? You know, I don't know what a screenwriter is. And I'm like, So I agreed to meet with him and talk with him. And he said, how much do you want for your story? I want to buy the rights to your story. And I'm like, okay, how about $100 worth of blankets? And so that was what we agreed on, which was great. And um, so he did sell it to a production company, and it sat. And it sat for a little over 10 years. And then the rights reverted back. I don't know what that was. And then the rights reverted back to Larry. And so he calls me up and he says, I'm going to try to get this into the hands of another producer. And actually it was the same producer, but he had got, he, not the, it's the same. It was the guy that worked for the company, Sure. but he started his own production company. Ah, so he's, I can do this now. Exactly. And his name is Doug Schaefer. He's with Caption Productions. And he said, I didn't know what was going on behind the scenes, actually. To be honest with you, I just signed paperwork. Here you go. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Because I just thought nothing's going to happen. And I really didn't think about it. I stayed busy most of the time with the nonprofit and stuff. And I get a phone call from Larry. And he says, you're not going to believe this. But Sony wants to make this movie. Sony Affirmed Films. Oh, your jaw must have dropped. That's really, think about this as you're watching, listening, or reading. We're talking about a person like you and I, a real life person. You have real life problems. You're dealing with real life issues. You're raising a real life child. And this is what I talk about changing the world in sometimes tiny ways. If we never saw yeah. the film, if Sony didn't pick it up, we would never necessarily know your story, at least in my corner of the world. But right. yet, you didn't do this for the fame or for the movie. Oh. You did it for Philip. And if you're watching on screen, this is Philip's wish, which is the outreach that is there for the homeless that has transpired since you started collecting blankets 
this is what it was really all about. But now we get to hear this story. And it is an encouragement to others to say, you can change the world in huge ways that are just real small, yes, just yes. one blanket at a time. Or I have, I call it a ministry of smiling, just smiling yes. at people. When you see someone on the street, not walking by them like they're an animal, not walking by exactly. like they don't matter, but showing God's love, sometimes with just a smile. Do you have spare change? I'm sorry, I don't carry cash on me, but God bless you. Have a good day. Yeah, yeah, because most people just walk by and they don't even make eye contact because, and it's like, I sit with these people and listen to their stories and they're the same, they're just like us, that they've fallen on hard times. Luckily, Luckily for me, I had a support system through my mother. She supported me through it all or I would have been, I don't know what I would have done. Okay, so you had mentioned too, you had lost everything. You lost your home. Everything. You lost, you lost everything. So this could have been you. A question that people often have, though, when concerned about the homeless. Now, I live in Seattle, so it is epic level. Epic um, everywhere. And getting- it is. It is. People are concerned because of the explosion of drugs. It's a horrific problem. It's a horrific problem here. And the uh, resulting mental illness, I I talked to a local shelter here, and he said, Michelle, 90% of the people who we work with are suffering from some kind of influence uh, of illegal drugs or prescription drugs gone wrong. No. And so and that scares people. I disagree with that. I don't do shelters. And that's one of the reasons I don't do shelters. That's not true. 90% of the people that are on the streets have some kind of mental issue. And therefore, with that mental issue, they self-medicate. When you so self- that's a huge difference. Let's, let's just stop for a second and think about that. We're dealing again with people. You, as you're watching, listening, reading, you've dealt with real-life situations. You've dealt with heartache. You've dealt with hurt, sometimes pain, sometimes even mental health issues. Do you have access to health care? Do you have access to help? And if you don't, what do you do? Cindy, you said it. We only have a few moments left, but it's the self-medicating issue that that you see as the problem right and so i'm 90 pts mental health issue that will drag them into some kind of drug addiction drug addiction is a disease okay there are not enough drug rehabs to help these people zero you might find one in fort worth and it's right in the middle of drug alleys so they go in for 30 days they walk back out what do they do walk out and you got a drug dealer there yes it's a huge problem um i consider addiction a disease just like mental illness just like breast cancer or any kind of cancer it is a disease i don't care what anybody says it's a disease and we don't have the resources or the help so as a community we need to come together and quit saying this is mine this is my church this is my nonprofit. this is We need to come together as a community, as a whole, to get this fixed because government can't do everything. 
well put. And when they do, it's not always as efficient as one person loving one person making a difference. You may not be able to house or help every homeless person in America, but what if you can help just one? What if you can give someone hope? I think that this movie is important on a lot of levels. One, it's a great story, and you can see it on Netflix. It's a streaming exclusive. That's Pure Flix. Pure Flix. I'm sorry, Pure Flix. Slip of the tongue. Pure Flix, which is absolutely worth subscribing to. If you have any other, if you have Netflix or if you have Disney or all of these other things, just get rid of them and go to Pure Flix. Pure Flix has so much to offer. Family friendly, faith forward films. It's a phenomenal service and it's putting your money where it really matters. And you will see films like 5,000 blankets. Sydney. Yes. Can I throw one thing in real quick? Yes, please. Yes. Okay. We just got nominated for most inspirational film of the year by the Movie Guides Awards. Wow. Yes. So that's going to take place in LA. So if everybody can just please pray, pray that we win against the other four competitors, I truly think we will because the film is that good. I would appreciate that because I, I really, everybody that was in this movie put their whole heart into it. And they deserve it. They deserve really what it's about is putting your whole heart into what you're called to do. It really is about finding your purpose, okay. filling that passion, but infusing that with God, with the God story. Yes. Because when you do, it's almost miraculous. So in our last few minutes together, just a couple more questions. One is, as you're making, as you're watching this film being made, when you have a story that is faith adjacent, you tend to have miraculous, crazy, cool things happen. And I'm wondering if you could tell me one story that comes to mind. There's so many. There was not, for one, we shot it in 19 days, which is unheard of. Wow. There was not one bump in the road, not one. It was like God had his hands all over this film. I'm not kidding. All over it. And you could see the passion in everybody's eyes that were from the extras to Anna to Rob to just there's oh Paul. I love Paul plays the, the bigger homeless guy. He's so great. The passion in their eyes was you could just see it. It was like God right radiated through everybody and they were so kind to me. It was like, I was scared when I got there. So, oh my God, these people are going to look at me and think I'm crazy. I'm not, I don't fit in with those type of people. But they embraced me and just made me feel so comfortable. And it was just like one big loving family. I'm telling you, God was all over this. And he see, had the- this is a really neat part of your story is that when God doesn't always call the equipped, you know, that saying he doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. You have a a passion that stirred within yours and Philip's heart. And then it became this outreach 
not even this big ministry because you can look online and you have this great ministry going but it was just an outreach just a mom and a son doing something wonderful but here you are i'm shy i don't like i was worried about going on live and live television and here you are doing interviews and you're speaking out god's equipped you and and i think that in our last moments together i'm hoping that maybe you can address the everyday person who's watching, maybe the mom who's like you, who is dealing with financial issues, health issues, heartache issues, but, and feels like there's really no purpose in her life. You need to talk to them. I can tell you right now, when you go through the worst pain in your life, you go through it for a reason because it brings you through your to your purpose honest to god it does and once you get to that purpose you don't worry anymore the worry goes away it just goes away and it's just right now i live a very humble life i don't miss that five bedroom house with three bathrooms and a pool in the backyard i love my little house i call it the little house god built (laughs) and we have challenges still and as far as money issues and stuff like that because we don't have any salary employees and I just got laid off from my job hey but I'm not worried because I know who is going to take care of me yeah and that's the man yes he does does. and I sometimes he'll bring it right up to the wire (laughs) exactly yeah no kidding that's the truth he will bring it right up to the wire but you never lose hope because hope is huge Hope is huge. Cindy, where's Philip now? What What's he doing with his, his life now? He is, is actually, 20 years later. Yes. He's actually, uh, he is, he's getting married next year to a nurse. He's also in the medical field. So they're both real compassionate people. And he's just still that humble, sweet boy. They carry sleeping bags in their cars to pass out. They're just, he's just... He's never changed. And he doesn't like doing, he doesn't like the spotlight at all. It's I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do this. I don't like being in the limelight. And he, when he was actually watching the film, he was at a different theater than I was. And um, everybody turned around when the lights came on and they're like, oh my God, you're Philip. Can we get your autograph? And oh boy. Like, he said, I just wanted to run, Mom. I just wanted to run. <laughs> but he's very, very humbled by this film as well. Cindy, I am really compelled, though, to ask if you have one quick story of one real-life homeless person that, that maybe we didn't see on film that just has touched My Charlie? You. My Charlie. He's actually in the It shows his picture in the film. He was actually one of my best friends. Um, we literally would talk for hours and hours about his life. He got ran over by a freight train and it cut his legs off, but he never, ever got down or depressed. He was always so happy. He would wave at people as they walked up by on the streets of Fort Worth. He'd just wave and smile. He was just, his name is Charlie Joyner. And you can actually look him up online because he was that, he just so kind and just Jesus. He uh, he was all about Jesus, all about God. Every yeah, he taught me a lot, a lot about 
he taught me a lot about God just through his story and his life. And he passed away and he passed away. Thank by the grace of God, a friend of mine, very good friend of mine, picked him up and we got him into hospice care. But when we went to pick him up, he was laying on the street with a plate by his head oh. with, yeah, with maggots and stuff on this plate. And I'm not kidding. A friend of mine picked him up and we got him into a beautiful hospice care. He had a pancreatic cancer, I believe. Oh, uh, yeah. And we were with him when he passed away. So, yeah. So he wasn't alone, but what an impact he makes. And that's really the impact that fills your life when you help people. Yes. It is really astounding. My audience knows I I shared a story of this winter buying Starbucks cards for the prostitutes that walk the street. It's cold up here. And I don't like what they do. I don't like that it breaks down something people. beautiful, but they're, they're people exactly. who are broken. They're people who are just trying to survive and they're freaking cold because they have almost nothing yeah. on. And it was just uh, one woman I gave a, just a $5 Starbucks card to a cup of coffee on me and the look on her face, like, why would you do something for me? I'm not worthy. Broke my heart. Yes, I know. Don't I do the same thing? <laughs> I don't. Yeah, it is. And these people, because they're not used to kindness. And everybody deserves kindness. And they don't realize that they are like you who are listening and viewing. You're worth so much. You are worth God sending his son to die for you. You are worth, you are the most valuable commodity on earth. And that's why this movie, 5,000 Blankets, I'm wiping my eyes, is so powerful. And I would encourage you, if you don't have a Pure Flix account, Pure Flix up, girls and boys. I'm telling you, it's outstanding. And the first thing you should watch is 5,000 Blankets. Cindy Bunch has been with us, our guest. What a delight. You can get Philip's Wish, which I will again show here, Philip's Wish. Um, and you can be part of this awesome ministry as well. Cindy, thank you. I so appreciate you coming on today. God bless you for having me. This is a great, this, this is a one of my favorite interviews. (laughs) Thank you. And thank you for watching, listening, or viewing. God bless you. God bless you, girl. Thank you.